You're listening to Simple Roots Radio, episode number 117, and today we're diving into cravings, why you get them, and more importantly, how do you get rid of them? Welcome to Simple Roots Radio with Alexa Sherm. Alexa believes that simplicity in life is the key to achieving true and lasting health. And now your host, Alexa Sherm. Welcome back to this podcast. My name's Alexa, and as always, this is the place to get healthy, live happy, and find more joy. Today, we're diving into cravings, what they are, why you get them, and most importantly, how in the world do you get rid of them? Now, I have to tell you that there is a lot of science backing up cravings and that cravings are not just a matter of willpower. In fact, they're really never a matter of willpower. There's so many neurochemical and biological signals that are happening that are making you crave different things. The good news is there's lots of ways to overcome this and help you get rid of cravings for good. Well, we're all technically going to crave things at different points because that's what's biologically normal for us, but we can definitely manage them. And what better time than the start of the holidays? I mean, can you believe it that the holidays are here and it's the most wonderful season of all? Okay, that's my opinion. Yes, Christmas music has been playing for a while. Don't judge. It really just calms me down. Anyways, speaking of holidays, I've linked up some of my favorite holiday guides for you that are going to help you have a healthier Thanksgiving and just a healthier holiday. So as we talk about cravings today, know that you can go to my page, simperitswellness.com or the show notes at simperitswellness.com backslash 117 to get guides on creating a healthy Thanksgiving dinner. If you're cooking it or taking something with you, this is a great guide. And the other one is my healthy sugar guide. So if you're confused and overwhelmed about what sugar is good and what sugar is bagged and if you should even be eating sugar, well, hopefully this podcast will help. But I do have a guide on all the sugars and what you should be eating and what you should be skipping. So make sure you head on over there. Grab that in the show notes at simperitswellness.com backslash 117. Plus, I go into a little bit more detail about the different kinds of sugars and how you could be using them. And before we get started with today's show, I want to remind you that the 2019 Nourish Planner is out, and it's so good. Honestly, every year, the content inside the planner changes. Of course, the layout of the weekly planning spread is roughly the same. However, we did add back the exercise tracker and appointment scheduler that so many of you asked for. But inside the planner, each month comes with its own content. So there's its own challenge, our own thought to help you really to live a nourished life. Now, every year we have a theme, and this year is knowing your strengths and your weaknesses and knowing how to work with them to really live in tune to who you really are. I'm so excited for this year. And that content that's inside the planner was written by me with all of my heart and soul into topics that I really think can help you expand in life because health is more than just what we eat and how much we exercise, but really how we live. And that's what the Nourish Planner can offer you. So if you haven't grabbed a copy of the 2019 Nourish Planner, make sure you head on over there and do so. Also, don't forget, I'm giving my listeners a special code that's simple roots, all caps, in the checkout to get 25% off your order. And speaking of the nurse planner, I have something brand new coming out for the new year. It is going to be so good. Something that I've been dreaming up for a long, long time that I'm actually going to implement this year. Something that I think you're going to love and really to help us connect on a deeper level and make the changes that we all are seeking to change. So with that, that's coming out in the new year. I can't give you very many more details yet. It's coming. I'm going to start giving you sneak peeks inside soon. But know that the Nourish Planner is going to be a staple for this, the launch of this. And 
So if you haven't grabbed a nurse planner, make sure you do so because you're going to need it for that and use the code 25% off simple roads at checkout to grab that. Okay. That's it for announcements. Now let's get back to the cravings and really uncover what they are. Because I think in order to heal from cravings, we have to know that this is not just a matter of us trying to make better choices and decisions, that this is a true biological, physiological process that's happening inside our body. And the only way that we can change that is to change that. Okay, so today we're breaking down the anatomy of a craving and more importantly, how to overcome these cravings. Now, what's super cool about cravings is that like all other things, if we really zoom out on this big picture, it really is treating cravings and overcoming cravings is the same way that you would treat almost any other disease or process or really just a way of living a healthier lifestyle. This is what we're after. So you're going to notice in the things that I give you at the end of this podcast to help you overcome cravings for good, those are things that are going to help so many other things, right? Like if you just take one of those points and work on it, you're sure to see differences and changes in your body for the good. Now, the problem is, is when we get this narrow view of different processes that are happening in the body and we look at it as a one size fits all. For instance, there is a new hormone that science has recently found and it's called FGF21 or technically fibroblast growth factor 21. And this, what they found is that this is a hormone that's responsible for controlling your sugar cravings. Essentially, it tells your body when you've had enough sugar and you don't need it anymore, which is kind of cool because in mice and monkeys, they found that this hormone has the effect of stopping a desire for anything sugary up to sevenfold. Like that is huge, huge numbers. Now, of course, researchers are narrowing in on this specific hormone as it could help us eliminate cravings. And while that's great, what we have to understand about a craving is that it's not just one hormone. It's not just five hormones. There's a whole cascade of hormones and neurotransmitters and gut microbiome and bacteria and other things in our body that are playing a role in cravings. Like it's not just a one thing. So rather than zooming in too much, I want to take a zoomed out approach, especially when it comes to treating our cravings and healing from them because I think that that it's more than just one system. Yes, I think FGF21 is amazing and I think it's so cool that they found out about it. But what we also have to understand about a hormone specific like that is that it can only work under healthy liver functioning, right? Like it can only work when our liver is healthy and our gut microbiome then has to be healthy as well. So whenever we look at these annoying symptoms and things that we want to overcome and even weight loss, like it's not ever just a one-size-fits-all approach. Like there's a whole cascade of things that has to happen in order for it to work right. Like I mentioned, like in, involved in a craving, like there's serotonin and dopamine and adrenaline and insulin and cortisol, leptin and ghrelin and CCK. Like all of these things come together and more to make a craving exist or to diminish a craving. So I'm going to talk about a few, but remember, at the end of this podcast, you've got to stay tuned because I'm going to give you five big ways to overcome cravings. And like I said, even if you just pick one and you start working yourself through that, you are going to see big changes, not just in your cravings, but your overall health. And that's what's so cool about this. Okay, so craving, right? Technically, cravings, right? They're, they're natural biological responses in the body. We all have them, and we aren't just subject to them because we have bad willpower, right? Right? 
like it's not a matter of the mind. However, we do have some control over training our body and providing our body with what it needs to get rid of cravings. But really, it's not just a mental game that we have to play with ourselves. Cravings are part of the reality of life. We all have them. And But the key to success is knowing what to do about them. So there's four big reasons that we often see cravings come into play. And if you have any one of these four things, cravings are normal. It's a survival mechanism of the body trying to get you to consume what makes your body feel good and in the end keeps you healthy. Now, of course, in addiction, this can be caused, like, cause the extreme. And we're going to kind of talk about that. And I, I don't think people often link cravings with addiction, but essentially, they could be the same thing. Often, we crave what we're addicted to. I used to think that we crave what our body needs, and I think that there's true value to that if we're in a healthy state. But for most people starting out, cravings are a true addiction. So we're going to talk about why we're addicted to things and how we can overcome that. But here's the deal. There's four main reasons why people have food cravings. One is hunger-induced cravings, right? Like our body has a true biological need for energy, specifically glucose, or in the case of most people have glucose deficiency, which is going to cause hunger-induced cravings. You could just be craving things especially sugary things, because your body needs energy. The second reason is food reward cravings. This is caused by our lifestyle, right? So this could be stress eating or emotional eating or um, a need for some kind of an adrenaline rush, right? Like a need for pick-me-up. This is what we would call those food reward cravings where we crave food with a high reward value. We're going to talk about this a little bit today, but not much. But just note that food does have a reward value. And the higher the reward value of foods, like think rich foods, the more likely we are to overconsume them and become addicted to them, which is why so many people are really addicted to sugar. The number three is energy cravings. So this kind of goes along with hunger-induced cravings, but this has more to do with the energy of your body, of your mitochondria, right? Like, did you not get enough sleep? Are you overstressed? Are you working out too much? Like, are you, is your body in true need of energy? And then number four is your gut microbiome. Is it off? Because what's interesting about the gut microbiome, which we've found over the course of the last, you know, 10, 15, 20 years, is that our gut microbiome is foundational in our health. And what's interesting about gut microbiome is it actually changes our taste buds. Um, And it's one of the most influential systems in our body that actually gives us food preferences. So if our gut microbiome's off, we will naturally change your taste buds. Maybe healthy foods won't taste as well as they could, and you'll crave kind of whatever it is your gut microbiome is set up to consume. So that's interesting, and we're going to talk a little bit about that today. But I want to go back to the basis of a craving. And in any of these cases, right, whether it's hunger-induced cravings, food reward cravings, energy cravings, or gut microbiome, what we're finding is that those cravings that are linked to addiction are of highest priority. So when we talk about biofeedback loops, right, and hunger being a true biofeedback loop, cravings technically in a healthy state are a great biofeedback loop. They tell your body what it needs, just like thirst, just like exhaustion. Like we should listen to these things. And if we're more in tuned to our body, we will live a healthier life. But the problem is, is when we become addicted to a certain substance that gives us an artificial feeling, like drugs do, right? Then that overrides all these other systems. So if we're hungry, we don't know it. If we're um, if we're stress eating, we can't realize that. If we're just 
dying of energy, like if our body's crying out for energy, that's going to be overridden with whatever it is we're addicted to. So whether it's coffee or whether it's sugar or processed foods or whether it's diet pop or candy or maybe you're addicted to alcohol or other drugs, right? Some are even addicted to gambling or things that maybe aren't actually have to do with what you're consuming in your body, but those are having true biological processes that are affecting every other hunger and satisfaction signal in the body. It can change what you eat. I know that sounds bizarre, but it boils down to, again, our hormonal flow and our neurotransmitter released, which stems from our mindset, shows the power of the mindset. I want to talk briefly about that today before we get into all of that. And I know you didn't think, oh, I signed up to listen or I clicked play on this podcast to hear her talk about addictions. But like I said, any unhealthy addiction is really going to override any other system that we can work to fix. So without fixing the true addiction, we can't fix the underlying root cause. So let's talk about this for a second. There's two big points that we have to remember when it comes to addictions and our cravings that stem from those addictions. What they are finding is that nearly all addictions and all cravings, whether it's from something you consume or something that you do, have two main faucets of it. One is this dependency on adrenaline addiction, and number two is this glucose deficiency, which I have to say that I think glucose deficiency comes before the adrenaline addiction, which means like our bodies are glucose deficient, which causes this adrenaline rush in our body, which we become addicted to. So again, like I said, from these two things, the the dependency on adrenaline addiction and glucose deficiency come countless possible addictions, whether it's things that seem somewhat harmless, like our coffee addiction and diet soda addiction to carbohydrates, sugar, but even big things like drug, alcohol, and sex addiction. All of these things really can stem back to those two things. But again, the root can be almost always be found in glucose depletion. So how do we get this? I think in order to understand, like, how did we get here, we have to understand glucose because there's this big overarching thing happening in our society that tells us sugar is bad, which I'm behind it. Like sugar, yes. And cancer, like it feeds cancer, it feeds disease, it increases inflammation, all of these things, right? Like processed sugar has been found to increase the rate of cancer cell metastasizing by four times, like huge, huge numbers, right? Yes, sugar is bad. But at the same time, our body relies on a certain kind of sugar called glucose to function. Like every single cell in our body runs off glucose. And this is most obvious in the brain, which relies solely on glucose in order to function properly. So we do need glucose. We just have we just don't need as much as we're consuming. So you may be wondering, right? Like there's a big push for ketogenesis, a no carbohydrate kind of diet. And while I think that there is high therapeutic reasons for that diet, I think that it's really harmful in the long term for most people, especially if you're just trying to lose weight. Like short-term therapeutic reasons absolutely fantastic. But I think that there has to be balance in almost all people with a certain amount of glucose because that's what's going to feed our cells and feed our minds and help increase our immune system and all these things. On the other hand, we have the other extreme of high carbohydrate, right? Like processed foods and sugars. And we're just addicted to this side of things. And that is more, way more damaging than the keto lifestyle. But again, what I'm talking about is there has to be some kind of balance of not a high carbohydrate diet, not a no carbohydrate diet, but this perfect balance of the right kind of glucose. 
Because what's going to happen is if our body is deprived of glucose, if we're glucose deficient, we're going to be obsessed with getting it from a different source because it's absolutely crucial for our survival. And when these glucose levels in our body and brain are depleted, we're going to open the door for a multitude of addictions such as processed sugar and coffee and all these other ways to get energy, but also we'll become addicted to other, like we can easily become addicted to other things. Like I don't want to say sugar is the gateway drug to other things, but it could be right because we're opening the door to addiction. So gambling and other things. And the reason is, is because when we're deprived of glucose and we're not feeding our body the right type of glucose, Our body seeks the adrenaline rush to get the energy, right? And adrenaline is a stress response in the body. And what we know about stress responses is that it can pull sugar from our muscle stores and even muscle mass and create glucose from it. So when our body's efficient, here's the note. It's going to crave glucose. If you do not feed it the right type of glucose, it will stimulate an adrenaline rush, which, by the way, is addictive. We love the feeling of the high. And that's going to cause like the stress response in the body of pulling of glucose to provide what your body needs. So if you don't provide it, your body's ultimately going to get it in multiple different ways. But in all cases, (laughs) long-term glucose deficiency can create true addiction through that adrenaline rush. Now, again, adrenaline is a stress response in the body, right? Just like cortisol, it works on our adrenal glands, producing Adrenaline through transforming the amino acid tyrosine into dopamine, which becomes a noradrenaline, which converts to adrenaline. Like there's this whole process of our adrenals transforming different amino acids, creating adrenaline. And adrenaline in the short term is a really great thing, right? It can, it binds the heart and arteries and increases the heart rate and respiration also, again, giving you that rush, But in the long term, what we know about adrenaline being a stress hormone is it also induces the secretion of different cytokines, which are immune response, creating inflammation in different areas of the body and especially the brain, decreasing the production of new neurons. The short story is when your body has no glucose left to run on, like skipping too many meals or providing the wrong food, your adrenals will begin pumping adrenaline into your body and experience commonly known as a rush. And this rush ultimately pulls glucose from other stores so that your body has the glucose it needs. The problem is we really don't feel that rush anymore. And that's what's interesting about all of this, right? And when we get into addictions of sugar and other things is that over time, What's happening with our dopamine response, which gives us that feel good and that adrenaline rush, is that our body becomes more immune to that. It takes more and more and more of that dopamine and adrenaline to feel that rush. And that's why you have to have higher hits of sugar, of coffee, in order to feel the feels that you want to feel from it. And that's been studied like over and over. It's a really fascinating research is that the more an addict hits off whatever their addiction is, the lower our dopamine receptors in our brain get. So we have we create less dopamine receptors in our brain, which means that it takes more dopamine or more of the substance in order to have the same feel good. And in often cases over time, if this is really abused, no one feels good and no one can even reach that because there's less and less dopamine receptors, which means you f- have less of a high and 
often these addicts seek into depression and other mental illnesses and even can trigger suicide, which you're like, how in the world did we get here based off food cravings? But it's really important to note that even with sugar, right, once we can hit on sugar all we want, but if our dopamine receptors keep decreasing, then the more sugar we go for, the more actually depressed and mentally starved that we're going to be. And of course, the less we feel good doing it. Like when you lose the when you lose the high or the rush, man, it just becomes like now something you're addicted to without anything that makes you feel good, right? Like it just becomes an aid of negativity and depression and just the spiral out of control. And I think so many people are actually living there. We just don't want to admit to it, right? Like we think the candy on our coworker's desk is going to taste good. It's going to make us feel good, darn it, when we're having a bad day. But here's the deal. You eat the candy, what happens? You might, might experience a tiny bit of energy boost, a tiny rush. But for most of us, that just doesn't do it. And then you add a you eat a little bit more or you have a brownie or you come home from work and you eat the bag of chips because, man, you had a bad day and you deserve it. But here's the thing. What does that do? It leads to more negativity. It makes you have feelings of guilt and shame. Like when did eating a whole bag of chips ever make anyone feel good? Like maybe when you were a kid, right? Like that's pretty darn good. And I don't even think that they distinguish the emotional aspect like we do now. But here's the deal. The hit is no longer there. So it leads to more feelings of depression. And that causes more of a need for adrenaline. And this and you just live in this vicious cycle of glucose deficiency and adrenaline rush and decreasing in dopamine levels and nothing ever feels good. The good news is, is that we can change this. And that's what we're going to talk about today. So how do we fix this? One we have to know is the brain can change. It's considered elastic. We have the ability to change it. But we have to do this by providing the right kind of sugar because if we know that addiction and cravings stem from a deficiency in glucose, providing the right glucose should eliminate almost all cravings. And then also we have to know that the brain is reward driven. <laughs> and that's going to be important to note because, like I said, some people crave things because of the re- food reward craving value, right? Like we just crave things based on a reward value, which again is that stimulus of the adrenaline rush. Okay, so Providing the right kind of sugar. This is the most critical thing that I could tell you, especially when it comes to food cravings, but really any other kind of cravings, is that our body is glucose dependent. But here's the deal. When we crave something, right, when we have a biofeedback loop and our body's telling us to consume sugar, oftentimes, like, it's not distinguishing good sugar from bad bad sugar, right? Because naturally in our body back... 200 years ago, we only had natural sources of sugar, starchy vegetables, and fruit, right? Honey. Those were our natural sources of sugars. Now today, we have a bazillion and one different kinds of processed sugars and a bazillion and one different foods. And so while your body craves sugar, it's craving that, right? We don't often go for the starchy vegetable or the piece of fruit or even the honey, right? We reach for the candy and the cookies and the brownie and the pop thinking that's what's going to pacify. But remember, our body doesn't need processed sugar. It can't do anything with processed sugar except bad things, right? Like that's where bad things happen. But what it can do is if we provide the right sugar and glucose, then we can tap into that. 
So what is the right sugar? Starchy vegetables, fruit, and honey. Again, the ketogenic diet has made us believe that all those things are really, really awful for us. But here's the deal. You will eventually crave them and give in to them. And I'm not even saying them, right? Like you will crave and give in to all the other wrong kinds of sugar that are really causing a lot of damage to your body. So outside of that, like that is what your body needs to get rid of a craving. So if you're craving something, right, if you're constantly craving sugar, it's not just eliminate sugar like so many of us talk about. Yes, I think that there's a value to eliminating processed sugar, but just focusing on that alone, no one has the willpower to do that. Like this is a true biochemical physiological process that's happening inside the body and we cannot withstand that. Like we cannot. Our survival mechanisms run so much deeper than our willpower. And so you will fatigue that and you will give in. So if you wonder, hmm, why do I always fail on eating sugar? Like, why can't I really give it up? Because you can't. But what can is providing the true biological need of the body. And that comes from fruit, starchy vegetables, and honey, as well as some other things that we're going to talk about today. So what I'm asking you is that maybe... You provide more of those, more complete, complex meals, and maybe your craving would naturally go away. So rather than focusing, like, again, what I like to do is take the the thought away from the negativity and put it on the positive. Like, what can you add to your day that's going to decrease the negativity without you even knowing it, (laughs) right? Like, how can we get rid of that without you without you having to use your willpower to overcome it. That's what we're going for. So what you all want to know is how do you overcome your cravings, right? So one is, again, to provide the glucose your body needs in order to thrive. And what that looks like is fruit, starchy vegetables, and some honey. Now, I'm not talking about gobs of it. What you're going to find is a little bit goes a long ways, but without any of that, it really is going to cause a lot of problems. So again, what I want to take note of is just because you're eating carbohydrates, like eating carbohydrates will not reduce your cravings, but eating the right carbohydrates certainly can. And there's two different forms. So again, tip number one to reducing your cravings is to eat more complete meals. Skipping meals, reducing count. So tip number one and reducing your cravings is to eat complete meals. Or maybe I should flip that with is ditch depriving diets. (laughs) Because depriving diets are going to cause you to go into glucose deficiency, which is going to cause the adrenaline rush on other foods creating the addiction, right? And so what Uh, depriving diets do is they cause you to just go cold turkey and eliminate sugar and reduce your calories and skip meals and reduce an entire macronutrient group. But remember, like I said, anytime you do something like that, you're sure to mess up your hormonal flow and your neurotransmitter flow. And no one has a strong enough willpower to do that forever. Eventually, your body will get in and your survival mechanisms always win. So instead of working against them, let's just start working with them. So that means ditch the depriving diets and start focusing on the positives. And so tip number two is to provide what your body needs. Some people would call this eating defensively. So eat the right sugar. Instead of relying on um, candy bars and cookies and desserts and candy and diet pop and coffee and all these things that you're trying to use to stimulate your body, provide the actual source of energy through natural glucose, and a lot of things could change. So eat the right sugar. Over in the show notes, I'm going to show you what the right sugars are, and that can be found at simpleartswellness.com backslash 117. 
Also, eat a diet high in fiber. Remember when we talked about the gut microbiome being a cause of cravings? Yes, your gut microbiome has a huge, can, can change your cravings drastically, what you burn, all of these things. So to feed the gut microbiome, again, a good quality probiotic can be beneficial, but also a diet high in fiber. So fruits and vegetables, again, these starchy glucose-filled foods have such great beneficial properties for your gut microbiome. You can also have the resistant starches, some grains, of course, leafy greens, all of those things can be so beneficial. Um, Eat balanced meals. So eating complex meals really goes into tip number two of eating defensively. Have a full meal. Don't rely on snacks because often our snacks are just filling the addiction that our body is running off of, right? And so eating complex meals and eliminating snacking in between meals can really, really have a powerful impact. What a complex meal means is that you have protein, fat, and carbohydrate at every single meal, specifically looking at having one of these glucose sources, whether it's maybe a little bit of fruit or a starchy vegetable, maybe a little bit of honey in your tea or something like that that can really have a beneficial impact on your glucose stores, all while consuming it with right sources of fats and proteins to help your body absorb that. So that's number two, is to eat defensively. Number three is to know what your cravings mean. Maybe your cravings are out of energy, right? Like when we go back through the four reasons you crave, is it hunger-induced? Is it food reward? Is it energy cravings? Or is it a gut microbiome issue? Like know what they mean. How do you feel after you eat? How's your gut microbiome responding? Like that's a great time to understand through digestion how healthy your gut microbiome is. Or how are you sleeping, right? Are you tired? Are you excessively hungry and you don't have enough energy and you're exhausted? Maybe you should sleep more. Or if you're hunger-induced cravings, like maybe you're not eating enough at every single meal. Like know what your cravings mean and then feed them. It's just some practical things you could do for this tip is practice time-restricted eating. You know I'm a big fan of intermittent fasting. Like that is huge. So having a time to rest and a time to eat. Um, so like for instance, eating all of your food within a 12-hour window. Like that is really one of the biggest tips that I can give you. Um, time your breakfast and lunch right. Like those should be your two biggest meals of the day. How you start your day is often how you end your day. So if you start your your breakfast skipping a meal, you're automatically going to hit that adrenaline rush, right? Your body's automatically going to start pulling glucose source from other things and you're going to hit that sugar roller coaster that's so hard to get off of. So instead of that, provide a balanced meals that keep your blood sugar stable, Stay hydrated, right? Like sometimes our hunger-induced cravings could just be a mechanism of thirst. Like maybe you're hydrated. Like the food is a great place in real food to get hydration. So sometimes your body, if you're not listening to your thirst signals, will crave that you're hungry just as a means to get fluid into the body. So making sure that you're staying hydrated, trying warm lemon water in the morning, those are great ways to do this. And then move. Of course, movement is going to be so beneficial in keeping your blood sugar stable, helping to overcome addictions and other things like that. So that's number three. Number four is to reduce inflammation. Now we all know that we have plenty of inflammation in the body, but this is specifically targeted at your gut microbiome and your mental health. So there's two areas here that can really create a lot of inflammation. One is eating the wrong foods and two is thinking the wrong thoughts. Again, taking the zoomed out approach, we could focus on each of these individually and we have and will at some point. But here's the big picture approach to this. 
eating the right foods. And what I mean by that is reducing high inflammatory causing food. For a lot of people, that's gluten or dairy. Some it's eggs or nuts and seeds. Like there's soy is another big one, right? Like there's a lot of them. And I'm not saying that you have to eliminate all of those because some of them can be really good. But knowing what you're sensitive to and choosing not to eat that can really, really have a big impact. Now, just to give you a little story, see here, I know that I have a dairy insensitivity. I know that it causes pain in my back like no other. But from time to time, I think it's okay to have that dairy. But here's the deal. When I have the dairy, I know I'm I'm going to have back pain. I'm well aware of that consequence. But what I'm also learning is that not only do I have the back pain, but it causes me to be more tired. It causes me to crave more foods, especially sugary foods, because I'm hungry and I'm tired and I have all these things. So oftentimes, yes, it might seem like an innocent, okay, I'll deal with the consequence. I know my body can't handle it, but it's not just causing back pain, but an entire cascade of things. So I think it's important to be aware of that, not to scare you, but to be aware of that. So reducing insensitivities, but also having positive thoughts. Remember when we went through that whole mindset series, how powerful our mind is and our cravings. So having more positive thoughts And then tip number five, which I love, is seasonality. Maybe you're feeding your body the opposite of what it actually needs in order to thrive in the season that you're in. So what that means, I recorded a whole podcast about this. I think it was like episode number 115, 114, 115. I think two of those in there. Check it out in the show notes. I'll link it up. But episode number 114 or 115, just a few episodes back, go back and listen to it on seasonality. But what I mean by that is that your body, again, is going to crave what it needs. If you're not providing the right amount of glucose in the right forms during that specific season, because seasonally your hormones are going to change and your immune system is going to fluctuate and your neurotransmitter release is going to change and your circadian rhythm, like all these things change with the changing of seasons. Like it's a true phenomenon that's been studied. But here's the deal. So often our diets don't change. We just do the same thing repetitively day in and day out. But what our body really needs is the change with the changing of the season. So for instance, if you're eating like smoothies and salads in this colder time of the year, prepping up for the holidays, what you're gonna know is that you're gonna crave a heck of a lot more food and specifically sugar foods and things that are gonna warm you up. What your body needs in order to be satisfied this time of the year is more starchy vegetables, warm foods, hearty things, right? Like warm, moist, dense foods is what your body needs this time of the year. And what you'll find is if you provide what it needs seasonally, you will reduce your cravings. And it has to do with the whole phenomenon of the adrenaline and the glucose efficiency. If we can reduce that, can we then get rid of cravings? I believe so. Absolutely. A hundred percent. Remember, cravings are a natural part of life. But if we can get away from these true addictions and start beating them, then we can start to step into listening to what our body is actually trying to tell us based on the cravings that we're having, and we can provide that. Because there's no sense in working against our body. Like, it will never work long-term. Therefore, we have to find a, a rhythm, a routine of just living life based on the seasons and based on what our body needs and provide that, and we will see that we'll start to be in sync with that. Now, I think we all think like fear that we're going to overeat and all this other stuff. We only overeat because we eat the wrong things. But if we start eating the right things based on what our body actually needs, you will see that there is a huge 
decrease in what you consume without you ever knowing it. Like you don't even have to focus on it. Like that is just known. Once you start consuming what your body needs, you will actually eat less of it. We overeat often because we're eating all the wrong things that our body doesn't need. So it's just going to continuously signal hunger until you provide what it actually needs. So again, we take the zoomed out approach. I know I gave you five different things with a lot of different tips underneath. Pick one and start there. Like start working yourself up to this place of reducing your cravings altogether. If I had to give you one place to start, it would be like if you can't overcome your coffee cravings or you can't overcome your sugar cravings, right? Have something, a natural source of glucose at every single meal. Some would even say like have some dark chocolate, which has some stimulating effects to it. So it has a little bit of its own neurotransmitter high established with it. So having some dark chocolate with every single meal can actually decrease your craving load over time. So for instance, I heard like an interesting tactic to get people to overcome smoking. Like when you're coming off the high, right, is you're reducing the, the cigarettes. When you want a cigarette, have a small piece of chocolate, especially if you put it down in the cigarette box because it absorbs a little bit of that nicotine smell and flavor to it. So having and sucking on a piece of dark chocolate can actually help you overcome that and provide what your body needs in that high for a small amount of time while you reduce that drive in your body back to normal. So again, like if you're a smoker, right, and you're addicted to it, but you want to quit smoking, one of the best ways they found is to slowly reduce the number of cigarettes, but by replacing a small piece of dark chocolate melted in your mouth during the other times in which you normally would smoke. Like it's all about retraining your mind to get back to that normal and providing the need of your body. Like there's nothing wrong with dark chocolate. Yes. I mean, it's technically its own stimulant. And if you get the low sugar or like 100% dark chocolate or 90% dark chocolate, like you're doing really well. And I'll link up some of my favorite dark chocolate in the show notes for you. But those can be used as great influences to help you overcome what it is you crave. So maybe instead of having ice cream after your dinner, you just have a small square of dark chocolate and see if that helps satisfy that craving that you're desiring. Again, trying to player those with the meals that you're having will help and it'll give you just that hint of sweetness that you need at the end of every day. Okay, that's it on cravings. I hope it wasn't overwhelming, but I hope you know the two biggest factors in cravings, glucose deficiency and adrenaline rush, like adrenaline addiction. But overcoming those with the right forms of glucose and the right lifestyle can change everything. Again, the five tips to help you do this is to ditch depriving diets, eat defensively, so eating the right forms of sugar, knowing what your cravings mean, reducing inflammation, and eating seasonally. Again, basically everything I tell you to do on every single podcast, right? But it's just really breaking it down and seeing if we just start working on one area, can we fix all the others? This is not just a matter of willpower. There is a huge mental component to this, yes, but it's not just a matter of willpower. This is a true biological and physiological approach. And again, the less that you reduce those dopamine response in your body, the more that you'll feel. And eventually in time, what's going to happen, and you've heard people say this before, is that fruit's going to give you that high that you were looking for in the sugar, right? The fruit is going to be satisfying enough. You've probably heard people talk about that and been really disgusted by them. Like, I get that, right? You're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I'll never be addicted to fruit, right? Like, that just doesn't make sense. But it's true. You just have to retrain your brain to respond the way that it's responding to sugar in a healthier way. And that can all be done. 
I'm going to talk more about this in a future podcast, but I think this is super fascinating. We're also going to talk about the high reward value foods and how that can change your brain chemistry to help reduce cravings in an upcoming show. But until then, start working on these things. Head on over to the show notes at simperitswellness.com backslash 117, that's 117, to get more information on the right kinds of sugar and how you can start incorporating this into your life. I promise big things can happen if you just take one small step at a time. If I had to give you one thing to start today, it would be time-restricted eating. Remember, intermittent fasting changes everything. And the next thing that I would do is tell you to eat seasonally. So start incorporating. If you're having intense sugar cravings, start incorporating starchy vegetables, root vegetables, and hearty fruits like apples and pears into your daily meals and notice a difference. Okay, I want you to try that and let me know how it goes. So leave a comment in the show notes or shoot me an email at alexa at simperitswellness.com and let me know what do you think about this and how are you going to overcome your cravings? Okay, that's it for this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Like I said, we're gonna talk more about this. Head to the show notes to get your free healthy sugar guide. That's simperitswellness.com backslash 117. And stay tuned. If you're not signed up for my email list, you have to get on it because there's so much good stuff coming your way. You can get on that email list over at simperitswellness.com. That big announcement for the new year will be there. And if you like this episode, you are going to want to jump on that. Okay. That is really it for today. I will be back later this week with a special bonus episode about why you should not stand up to eat your food and then another interview coming out next week. So stay tuned. In the meantime, have a great rest of the week. 